Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since ancient times, we have sought advice and counsel from those who claim to be psychics. But can their advice help us to solve crimes? Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we're looking at the use of psychics to solve crimes. A psychic detective is a person who investigates crimes using paranormal abilities. Examples of these abilities have included post-cognition, this is the paranormal perception of the past, psychometry, which we've talked about before on the podcast, and that's where you touch uh, an object and you receive information that, uh, physically uh, from those said objects, telepathy, uh, dousing, clairvoyance, and remote viewings. Psychics may also claim to be in communication with the spirits of the victims. So how real could this be? Well, we have a few real cases that have shown that psychic detectives have worked in helping to solve crimes. But first, let's look at some of the studies behind this. A number of tests have been conducted on psychic detectives using control groups to establish their psychic crime-solving capabilities. In 1997, a test was conducted using two groups. One group consisted of three students from the University of Hertfordshire, and the other consisted of three psychics, two psychic detectives and a non-detective psychic. The two groups were shown three objects associated with three serious crimes. They then advocated theories, but no difference was found between the two groups. So although this test was unable to prove the capability of solving crimes, it doesn't mean that crimes haven't been solved by psychics. One of the most famous cases in which a psychic was used to solve a crime is from Sydney, Australia. Back in 1996, a woman named Paula Brown goes missing. Her fiancé contacted Belgian-born Sydney psychic Philip Durant in the hope that he would be able to find her, or at least her body, for some closure. Using a pendulum and a grid map, as well as some hair from the victim, Philip was able to locate Paula's body. Philip told the police the location of the body of Brown and she was found less than two kilometres away from the spot he had indicated in Port Botany, New South Wales. A lorry driver had come across the body. 
A police spokeswoman conceded even though the body was discovered purely by chance, the speculation by a clairvoyant appeared to have been uncannily accurate. One of the most famous psychics in the field of psychic detectives is Dennis McKenzie. He's helped with multiple cases, and one of which was the missing persons case of two 10-year-old girls, Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman. You may remember this case. I remember being absolutely glued to it. Absolutely awful. Poor Holly and Jessica disappeared from a family barbecue in Soham, England, in August 2002. And the family called on Dennis to help, but he said he knew almost instantly that something terrible had happened. During the days before the bodies of the two 10-year-olds were found, Dennis relayed a remarkable set of insights. I was really hoping my spirit guide would give me some good news, but as I got closer to Soham, I had a heavy feeling of foreboding, he explains. As I got out of the car, I heard my guide saying in a very clipped, precise voice, they're dead. I felt sick inside. When I found myself in Kevin and Nicola's presence, I asked them how direct they wanted me to be. They begged me to be straight with them. I had no option but to break the news. Back then, I had never ever had to say anything so terrible to anyone. Words cannot describe my feelings. Dennis went on to say that the girls were dead by 7.30pm on the day that they had disappeared. He described a woman with a shrew-like face and brown hair and a man in his 30s with low intelligence who walked with a swagger. He described their accents as northern Both Ian Huntley, their murderer, and Maxine Carr, his girlfriend and accomplice, came from Humberside. Dennis also told the family the girls had been transported in an old red car, wrapped in something like carpet or bubble wrap. He described the view from the house where they had been killed, with a ditch outside the window and a tall building, like a windmill with no sails, he described, and it was in the distance. There was a grain silo outside Huntley's cottage, which did have a ditch running alongside it. I described the caretaker, Ian Huntley, who would be convicted of the murders and his girlfriend, Maxine Carr, he said. Dennis's readings were so accurate that Holly's father, Kevin, had said publicly that Dennis is the genuine article. He gave Dennis's information to the police Dennis, 55, has since gone on to investigate murders and disappearances all over the world. One mystery he was also able to solve was that of the teenager Richard Kelly. Dennis was approached by Richard's mother Mary in Limerick in Ireland. Mary had a reading with Dennis and he picked up on that she was worried about a missing child. Sadly, once again, Dennis had to be the bearer of awful news – her son had been murdered. Dennis was sure that Richard, who was just 17 at the time, had been killed in April 2006 by a gang who had smashed his head in with a concrete slab. Richard had been involved in car crime and had angered a gang leader by unknowingly joyriding in his car. Repeatedly, Dennis came up with the name Brigid and the words Dyke and Bodike. I had no idea what they were and nor did Mary. We thought it might have something to do with her grandmother, who was called Bridget, 
I also felt Richard's body was pinned down, so much so that I felt my own body was being compressed. Soon after Dennis's visit, fishermen found Richard's remains in Loch Bridig near Bodike in County Clare. Two concrete slabs had been tied to each of his legs. As you know, I've always said that there are some amazing people out there with some incredible gifts. Being able to see spirits, communicate with them, and of course, see into the past and future. Lots of these psychics have been proven to be fake, but there are so many that are not and use their gifts for the most important thing. And this is what it is, it's just to help people. I think that there are many incredibly gifted people who really do help the police with their investigations and they're being invited to help in cases all over the world, just like Dennis. Of course, the police don't want to mention too much of this unusual way in solving crimes as they would be admitting to this peculiar and, dare I say it, unscientific way to catching a criminal or finding a missing person. Police have called on mediums to find missing people, help to solve murder cases and locate victims in kidnappings. And the psychics have managed to help solve those cases, many in time ending with a rescue operation where the victim is reunited with their family. I have had the very sad experience whilst investigating two locations on Most Haunted where a murder victim has come through on the Ouija board. The first was in a location that used to be an old funeral parlour in Hull, Yorkshire. Before it was a funeral parlour, it was a photographic studio where a murdered young woman named Mary Jane Langley was last seen in 1891. I decided to conduct a Ouija board session in a small front room in what was the photographic studio all those years ago. And as soon as we sat down around the table, the knocking and rapping phenomena began. It was very insistent and it was incredibly strong, as if somebody was desperate to talk to us. After several questions, we discovered that we were indeed talking to a young woman and her name was Mary Jane Langley. She confirmed that she had been only 18 years old when she'd been killed and that this, the photographic studio where we were situated, was the last place she had visited before she had been murdered. So she confirmed that. She also confirmed that her body was found in a ditch. She confirmed her throat had been cut and where her body was found was in a place called Long Lane in Preston and the date was the 30th of July, 1891. And it was due to a bungled investigation that the police never found her killer. So with us during this session, we were very lucky because we had a local historian with us that knew of Mary Jane Langley's case incredibly well. Um, He uh, uh, taught on the subject. He was a very learned person about her case in particular. So he was asking all these amazing questions and she was answering yes or no by using the rapping and tapping phenomena. I then asked myself, did you know who murdered you? She tapped two for yes. But then she spelled out the name of her murderer and it was fantastic. And the name that she came out with was a gentleman called Frederick Deeming. I then asked her, do you know how many people he killed? And Mary responded with the number eight. I asked if she could still see her murderer, this Frederick Deeming, and she said that, yes, he was still around her. 
And I hated the thought of her still after all these years being scared. And so I hoped that she would allow us to help her. And when I asked if she would like to be helped, Mary responded straight back with two very loud knocks. Yes. Well, me and the Most Haunted team did indeed help her spirit to go over to the other side. Just imagine how elated Mary must have been when she was able to see her family once more to be reunited with her loved ones and be at peace at last. It was a very, very uh, emotional experience and one that I and the rest of the team will never forget. But interestingly, I checked out who Frederick Deeming was, and he was indeed a prolific murderer. He murdered his two wives, he was a bigamist as well, and he murdered four children, his four children. He was uh, hanged in Melbourne in 1892 in Australia. It was thought that he could have been the infamous Jack the Ripper as he moved around the country a lot before fleeing finally to Australia. But according to Mary's ghost, when asked, was Frederick deeming Jack the Ripper, her reply was no. So isn't it extraordinary that the spirits can come out of the shadows, use their voices one last time to tell us, mere mortals, what happened to them in their last days? They are there, you know. We just need to listen. The second was in a haunted prison. Now, this was an incredibly foreboding uh, location in which I had the pleasure and you can still watch this on YouTube if you like that kind of thing. Thank you very much. Yes, I had the pleasure of being locked in a cell all on my own, in a wing on my own. And let me tell you, I screamed the bloody place down. Uh, well, in one section of this massive building is this awful, awful room. And it's it's the hanging room. It's where all the prisoners who'd been given the death sentence were put to death. Can you imagine the total and utter fear of being dragged into that room uh, by two guards, maybe more, um, standing there, having a rope put over your head, then having a bag put over your head if that's what they did, um, and then the drop, the floor giving way and you plummeting to your death. Absolutely horrendous um, way to go. Doesn't matter what they did, crime-wise, they would have been in absolute terror and fear because they knew they were going to meet their maker. And don't forget, all those hundreds of years ago when religion was as it was at its prime, you know, you did something bad, you even lied. Oh my God, you know, especially if you were Catholic, you were going to go to hell and live, you know, the most tortured life for all eternity. You know, it was hellfire and brimstone. So these people would have been absolutely petrified. So the energy in this room was incredible. You could really feel it. The first time we walked into this place and we visited it many times since, oh, the hairs on the back of my neck would stand up, the cold, the icy blasts of cold around you. And, and every time I start to shake when I go in that room because I can feel, I can feel the energy, the spirits of these dead people around, sort of not being able to move on. Now, as me and the Most Haunted team uh, stood in that small room for the first time, we began to hear, as we now know, the regular knocking, rapping and tapping phenomena. And as soon as we hear that, we know, ah, we're not on our own, somebody's with us. But we could also feel it, which is fabulous. We could feel it underneath our feet. Then it would move round to the walls. Then it would move round to a different part of the room. It was, and still is, the most incredible, wonderful, 
part and piece of paranormal activity that I've ever, ever witnessed. I absolutely love it, as you can tell from my passionate uh, (laughs) uh, talk. But So we needed to know who was talking to us. Was there just one spirit present? Was there two? Was there more? So I started calling out. And after asking several questions, we discovered that there was just one spirit present. I asked, can you tell us your name? Now, we had the Ouija board with us there. So I just I just moved my fingers to all the different letters and asked them to use the tapping and the knocking to uh, to point me in the right direction and therefore spell out their name. Well, they did. This person responded to the letters that I pointed to on the Ouija board and he spelt out his name, which was George Riley, and that he had been 21 when he had been hanged. I asked him, were you guilty, George? No he replied. The knocking became quicker and more intense as I asked various questions about the crime. What date it occurred? Was he on his note? What date it occurred? Was he on his own? George told us the date, which later was verified by the prison, and he also spelled out that he hadn't been on his own when the crime was committed and that it wasn't his fault. He was adamant that he was innocent. He told us the name (laughs) of the real murderer and that he was waiting for this person to cross over. I asked him, George, do you need help? He said no and spelt out the word happy. And do you know, every time we go back to that location and that particular room, George will always come and say hello. The name he gave me and the team will go with us to our grave because the person in question is still alive. Can you imagine? Hello, Your Honour. Yes, I have new evidence on the George Riley case. And just what is this new evidence? Well, you see, Your Honour, it was given to me via the Ouija board. Get out! Case adjourned. (laughs) So, the spirits from another plane can give us information, helping the police and investigators to solve cases. And I think that only the psychics that don't want a claim or wealth are the ones who work with the police, do all the real, the hard, and I suspect harrowing and very distressing work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now this week we have a voice note in from Chris Whitehouse from Whitehouse Investigations. Yvette, I've just heard you talking about reincarnation and I wanted to chip in my findings on the matter. After using a Ouija board with my teammates for 12 years... My findings have all pointed to the same results, uh, independently asking spirits on investigations, how is the afterlife crafted? How does it work? And independently, weirdly, they've all agreed that reincarnation is a thing. So venturing down that path, I said, okay, and how many times do we reincarnate? And they all agree seven times, meaning we have eight lives on Earth um, and life is about learning, it's about evolving. Um, we actually choose to come back and have a go at it again. So we, we actually pick, okay, wipe my mind, send me back. I'm going to, I want to evolve, you know, choose to evolve further and try and be better. Um, so the question being, I guess, do some stains from previous lives linger? You know, you come back with a fear of things you don't know why, or you come back miserable, you come back happy. You know, where do these things come from? Are they stains from previous existences? Um, past lives, you know, kids who go to their old homes in Africa and stuff, um, past life regression, all points towards us having been around before. So ultimately it's about the progression of the soul. It's a learning system. Um, and all the spirits agree. That's, you know, sometimes I've said, look, do you agree with that? This is what they've said to me before. And other times I'll just ask afresh. I'll say, can you explain the afterlife to me and how it works? And they all sort of say um, Hinduism is the closest religion, which is big on reincarnation. They all, I'll ask them what level are you on? And they'll say six or two or, you know, they'll tell us what level we're on. So we actually, my, my team, we all know how many lives we've lived before. Um, my sister asked what she did in her life before. And she was, I think it was called Enid and she was in Australia. And she was like, well, I was just looking at going to Australia the other day thinking, why do I want to go there? You know, I have a friend who went to Egypt and thought, I'm home. I've never been here, but I just feel so at home. What is my obsession with Egypt? So all these things point to there as well. Um, we also asked over the years spirits about our auras, and they said they could see our colours, and that all our spirits, all our auras were different colours. So 
you know, we, uh, friends in uh, my team would get like, oh, you're blue and you're green. And we were like, well, what, what does it mean? And they were really reluctant to tell us back then. Um, but it seems like the colours of your aura can change as you have uh, life-changing experiences, um, you know, trauma, lessons learnt, basically. Big changes and big lessons learnt. Your colours change. I know my first colour was, I do emit a light, but it was colourless. God knows what that actually meant. I never got to the bottom of that. So, yeah, our colours change. But one thing is for certain, that all spirits say they have red auras. So red is dead, you know, until they come back, I suppose. Um, and interestingly, after the eight lives lived... They said that that's when they progressed to pure beings of light. Uh, and I, I asked them further, and it seems to point to that's when you are qualified to become essentially guardian angels, if you like, and to come back and help us on Earth. You know, you've had all this life experience, and you can now come and watch over people. Now, I did um, a project a while ago which eventually covered guardian angels as a side topic. So many people I spoke to have had angels come in when they've had a crash and wrap their arms around them, the wings around them, I should say. Or they've met people in the street who have stopped them going down a street only for a car crash to be where they would have been. I'm sure if you ask your listeners to send in your guardian angel stories, there must be more experiences. I found about 10 fairly easily, and they were all... Protecting, And so they were sort of fully formed, you know, just like me and you, um, but walked up and sort of said, oh, your, your son will be okay or whatever, and then walked off and disappeared even. And it's like, who the hell was that? So, yeah, anyway, I won't waffle any further, but the Ouija boards have never been a problem for me. Nothing but a font of information if you know how to control them. Love the podcast, and I'll speak again soon. So, Chris, thank you so much uh, for sending in that voice note and absolutely fascinating. It's interesting, isn't it? I wasn't too sure on the whole reincarnation thing, but I was totally and utterly fascinated by it. I began to watch some really intriguing documentaries on the subject and read some great books as well. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I began to have odd dreams where I knew that I was a man and that I was in a totally different era uh, than today. And as you know, uh, if you've listened to any of the bonus uh, podcasts, uh, I went to be regressed. And boy, <laughs> was it an eye-opener for me. That man in my dreams turned out to be my last past life. And through him, let me tell you, I have learned what he went through in his life. And that helped me through a pretty tough time in my life. I believe that we do indeed choose to come back and live another life, you know. It's not you or me, Yvette, saying, hmm, shall I go back and do it all over again, but as someone different this time? It's not like that. It's your soul. Your soul is a being that only our deep subconscious mind knows about. So when you look in the mirror and you see yourself, 
it's not your true self. It's just an identity your soul has taken on whilst living this life like a different skin. Each life we live, we learn. And so that life, those experiences, whether good or bad, enriches that soul. It helps us to understand life all around us from the tiniest creature to the tallest tree, to us, to the humans. We've been everything. And we are all connected. But to truly understand what this life is all about, we must live many times to progress. And as I've mentioned before in a past podcast, the soul, (laughs) get your head around this, the soul can be in many places at the same time. So my dad, for instance, is with me, he's on the other side and possibly has reincarnated. So how on earth is this possible? I'm hearing you asking me now, scratching your head, going, shaking your head, possibly going, come on, Yvette. I've no idea is my answer. But according to the spirit world, who I've connected with through their tapping and knocking, they have given me this mind-blowing information. I remember myself, Carl and Mary, we were sat round and the tapping and the knocking was coming through. We were getting all these messages and we asked questions about reincarnation and so on. And this information was coming out afterwards. Me, Carl and Mary just went, whoa, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. What? And then I went, I need a red wine. And Carl went, I need to sit down. And Mary just went, can I have some wine? That was, honestly, we were so shocked by it. Unbelievable. So take my message as you will. Obviously, it's just my personal experience. Um, There could be somebody messing with us, but I doubt it very much. I know it was my dad and other people, uh, guides that are coming through and giving us this amazing information. So time on the next plane isn't how we understand it in our lives. Time, well, it's a whole new, incredible, unimaginable experience. I bet Albert Einstein was blown away when he crossed over. I wonder if he had any wine. Thanks for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thank you to all our lovely listeners for sharing their paranormal stories with us. Now, don't be shy. You can get in touch and share your own stories at this address. It's contact at paranormalpod.co.uk. We are on WhatsApp and you can leave a voice note uh, and this is the number to leave it on. It's 075-999-27537 and we are on Instagram and the handle is paranormalactivitypod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week but if you can't wait until then you can visit us at this address it's www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early have a great wonderful week stay positive stay safe look all around you look up into the skies you never know you might see something strange and report back here Report back to base and remember, things aren't always as they seem. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.